coming up with a product or an idea, like it's a completely different world and mindset than it is. You know, you have to basically put my dance 200 face on, you know, versus my engineer face because it's night and day difference. I love it, Justin. One engineer selling to 25 dance majors. <laughs> yes. Welcome to the Fractional Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Kauth. The Fractional Executive Podcast is for established founders and family enterprise owners whose businesses are in the $500,000 to $10 million revenue range and are currently stuck on a plateau of no growth. My guest today is Justin Van Ewenhoven. Justin is the founder of Shabiken, a pedal tours company, and Shaboten, another pedal tours company, but he also manufactures as well. He has founded Vinny's Vinyl and 3-in-1 Holders. And when he's not working on those side businesses, he's usually at his full-time gig, which is owning and operating a nuclear density moisture gauge company. And then in his spare time, he works with high school student entrepreneurs as a mentor for an entire school year. So please welcome Justin to the podcast. Now, in order to help you grow your business and get it off that terrible no growth plateau, we need to get more great guests like Justin on the podcast. So to do that and help you grow your business, please share the podcast, like and subscribe, follow the podcast and leave us a five star review. And again, this helps us grow the podcast, get great guests on here like Justin and help you grow your business. And we also want this to be interactive. So please leave comments and feedback for Justin and I so we can get back to you. Reach out to us and contact the show. So Justin, thanks again for being on the podcast. Yeah. So, you know, Justin, you've been an entrepreneur a vast majority of your life. You know, you've invented products, you founded multiple businesses. Tell us a little bit about how you got started and your journey up to now. Yeah, so the vast majority of my life, it's kind of hard to uh, hear it stated that way as I'm only 32. I just turned 32 a couple of days ago. Um, but yeah, you know, there's a couple of different um, stories, kind of how I got began into entrepreneurship and just kind of inventions and product development. Um, so the first kind of like intro to entrepreneurship was Vinny's Vinyl. Um, when I was in high school, I used to race uh, dirt track cars. And one of the most expensive parts of that as a high schooler was buying stickers for the car. So I had no clue about business or really anything um, in terms of how to create vinyl or how to sell vinyl or get customers. But I anticipated that if I bought a machine and got some software, I would be able to figure it out. Um, and that's essentially how it became to be. So I bought a super cheap vinyl cutter off of eBay. Um, I had some software that came with it and then just started making stickers. So although I didn't really know what ROI was at that point in time, my mindset was if I could get at least like five or six of my friends to buy vinyl from me, that it would make, make everything break even and we would be profitable. So I did that, got five or six friends to buy stickers from me, but then it kind of spurred or dawned on me, like, why don't we try to get more customers or reach out to more people to see how we could grow this. Um, so when I was in college, what I would do was Facebook was starting to become, you know, more prevalent then. 
And I would go on the racetrack's websites and look at their point standings and basically look up the people that had raced the night before and look them up on Facebook and then send them messages um, and just one by one send out messages trying to grow the business and get more customers uh, to get vinyl made by us. So I did that through college um, pretty regularly, just primarily for race cars, but then expanded into some other areas as well. So that's kind of how the that was the first kind of business that was not actually supposed to be a business, just more of like a hobby and, you know, side little project um, became to be, but was certainly integral, uh, you know, in becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, and then there's the, you know, product side of it, which is obviously a bit different than the entrepreneur side of it, um, which I was heavily involved in invention and business plan competitions uh, in Madison, where I went to college on entered and won a number of different invention and business plan competitions there. So Justin, I want to make sure I get this in here and I don't forget, but you know, one of the great things about you is you look at things differently and you do things differently. And I know you've got some great stories about how you network differently. Cause I know there's, there's airplane stories about that, but just give, give me an idea about, how you look at things differently, like networking and how that also has given you success in entrepreneurship. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a key part of entrepreneurship that's often overlooked. I mean, my mindset in terms of just networking and meeting people is literally every single person on this earth is better than me, at least at at least one thing. So there's something that everybody has that I can learn from, um, you know, whether that's your janitor at your local Walmart, all the way up to a CEO of a billion dollar company. Um, so I've been extremely fortunate and maybe it's just me talking to too many people, but, you know, meeting people at different, you know, locations, different events, um, and just different places in the world. Um, and I've been extremely fortunate to actually meet a number of really incredible people on flights. So I don't travel uh, a significant amount, but every time I do travel, um, you know, I think you, every person, when you get on a flight, you kind of walk down the aisle and you're like kind of creeping on like, you know, where's my seat? And I hope I don't sit next to that person. And you're like trying to find like the right person that you're hoping you sit next to. Um, and I, I have about three or four different people that I've met that were extremely successful on flights. Um, but one thing that I, you know, like to point out when I tell any of these stories is, you know, you really don't have an opportunity very often in your day-to-day -day life that you get to sit next to somebody for two to four hours, let's say on a flight, um, where it's like, there's no nothing there's no wall in between you i mean it's just you two and if you want to strike up conversation you can um, but you can also just sit there in silence so most people do do that um but i found you know i don't know if it would be thinking about things differently but you know i think sometimes people just have kind of like an aura or like a look to them where you're like i just need to know about this person um you know whether it's the tide hat or whether it's their you know <laughs> unique glasses or just kind of like you know what their appearance is sometimes you're just kind of like i have to know this person like there's just something about them um so the most notable story um in terms of meeting people on flights was um about five years ago i was traveling to atlanta for a wedding the wedding was in oklahoma but the flight was from milwaukee to atlanta and I sat next to down to this little old lady who had these like bright orange eclectic glasses on and she had to be, you know, now I know she was late sixties then just a little, little lady. And she was just like 
cute and put together. And I'm like, I have to know who, who this is. Um, and I always like to joke, it's kind of like trying to pick up a girl at the bar or something where it's like, how do I talk to this person uh, and not make it weird? So she was paging through a an industrial or a interior design magazine and she had bookmarked a black kitchen. So if you know anything about um, kitchens or interior design, like most people never have black kitchens because black will make everything look smaller. So if you have a black kitchen, like it's usually pretty big in a pretty impressive house. So I asked her, I was just like, oh, are you an interior designer? And she's like, oh, what gave it away? And, you know, showed me the magazine um, and just kind of struck up conversation from there. Um, and that that woman uh, turned out to be Peggy Ann, who is the uh, one of the moguls on Project Pitch It, which is a TV show similar to Shark Tank uh, in Milwaukee. Um, and I've become extremely close with her. Um, we essentially are next to family now, um, going to her house, her birthday's today. So I'll be going down and having dinner with her tonight. Um, but you know, just the connections, the stories, the mentorship, the friendship that I've gotten from her over the last five years is, you know, just incredible. And literally that never would have happened if I wouldn't have been on a flight next door. You know, Justin, you, uh, you know, your, your journey with the different companies that you founded, um, you know, sometimes are, are around products, right? And so there's a difficulty in going from inventor to entrepreneur to, to having a business around those products. What did you personally find most difficult from inventing the product to founding companies around those products? Uh, I'd say everything, but I assume you want more specific <laughs> of an answer than that. So I'll be a little bit more detailed. Um, I'm going to try to like tie in a little bit of a story. So this will be more relatable for people, especially that are in like the college age bracket. So when I was in college, I was an engineer and 99% of the classes that I took were predominantly male. They were very analytical tables, charts, graphs, numbers, boring presentations, all of the above. Um, and when I was a senior, I had, you know, at that time, won a number of different competitions on campuses that on campus that all needed pitches. So we were required to have a Com B class, which was basically like a, it's not an expert level, but like a higher level like communications class. And all engineers typically took, um, it was like a fundamentals of engineer print presentations or something along those lines. And I had convinced my advisor to let me take a class called Dance 200, which was writing the moving body. And I primarily took it because you could at that time see, you know, what the average grade was for the class. And like 90% of the students got AIDS that took that class. But I also <laughs> knew that like being an engineer, there was probably likelihood of much more uh, diverse demographic of male to female ratio. Uh, so I decided to take that class. So when I took that class, it was essentially one engineer surrounded by 25, you know, plus dance majors. So the class was essentially more about effective communication more than it was really like writing itself. So what I would like to kind of like make this full circle is the thing that I found the most difficult is as an engineer, you know, your product that I even then was working on, it's like, take that and then sell that to 25 dance majors, right? Like, it's just, we didn't even speak the same language. Like it wasn't even close to the same mentality um, of product development, et cetera. I mean, a lot of that had no 
there was no interest to them in terms of, you know, the engineering aspect of it. So whatever, everything that I thought that was most important about the product or the product development cycle meant nothing. So I think just that experience and even today, you know, coming up with a product or an idea, like it's a completely different world and mindset than it is. So I always, and still today, I mean, I've gotten much better at it, but it's like, you know, you have to basically put my dance 200 face on, you know, versus my engineer face. Cause it's night and day difference, um, compared to, uh, you know, blending them together. I love it, Justin, one engineer selling to 25 dance majors, <laughs> you know, the, the, the viewpoints like that are why this podcast exists. And so if you're stuck growing your business and you need more viewpoints like Justin's again, share the podcast, leave us a five-star review, please subscribe and like the podcast and follow us and inter interact with us, drop some comments and feedback below. And again, what that'll help me do is grow the show to get more great guests on here, like Justin tied hat and all, and then you get those viewpoints to help you grow your business. So, you know, the other, I mean, obviously there's a whole bunch of fun stuff about you, Justin, but the way that we met was really based on the fact that you spend a lot of time mentoring young entrepreneurs. And so what do you see in them that maybe reminds you of you at that age and how are young entrepreneurs today different than you were back then? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's hard to summarize all of the students that I've mentored kind of into one group because I think each of them have their similarities to me, um, you know, as I was as a younger uh, entrepreneur. Um, I typically gravitate towards the students that have product ideas, um, which I think the a, a large difference from when I was younger to, you know, I am how old I am now is that I think there's a lot more tech based um, ideas versus what there used to be. Um, and I think that's just because of the world that they're growing up in where, you know, I think that although there are product based companies obviously being formed every day, I don't think they're in your face as much as they used to be. Um, so the success stories are kind of the like, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but what they're seeing as success are YouTubers, um, people that are creating social media platforms, et cetera, where I think, you know, 15 years ago, it was a bit of a different scene, uh, scene where, you know, the success story or what was thrown in your face in terms of what, you know, you wanted to get to was not necessarily tech. So I think that that would be the biggest difference that I see. Um, and then in terms of the similarities, and kind of why I do it. I mean, not all the students are like this, but you know, there's students that they don't really have any other chances. I mean, like this is their backs against the wall. Their parents work three jobs. They have, you know, th this could be their out. Like this could be their only way that they can truly, you know, break that cycle of having to work 50, 60 hours a week and having no life and, you know, working minimum wage. Um, so, you know, any opportunity that I can give to those students or just help them, you know, feel confident in themselves or actually, you know, have somebody believe in them, uh, I think is why, you know, I continue to do it. And some of the stuff that I, you know, used to think or see in myself that I wish, you know, I would have had. So one of the most powerful experiences I had was when I was in college, I had the, the most memorable invention competition that I was in, I, I got fourth place in. Um, and I have one 
number of them after that, but that was the most influential one because like somebody believed in me, but like not just me, but my product. So I think like providing that stability and like belief in somebody's idea or just kind of their like mindset or process uh, can be truly everything that it needs, that they need to take off and be successful. Yeah. Justin, how do you, you alluded to this earlier, I think, but you know, how do you know when a new idea for a new product is worth developing further? I think that that mindset is starting to change a little bit than when I kind of first began, you know, when I first began, it was, I didn't surround myself with the same type of mentality people, or they were just thought a bit differently from me. So when I would see an idea, I would essentially, you know, kind of have to vet it out in my own head, which I still do. Um, but I think more recently, I almost just sit back and listen more. And then when you hear the issues that pro people are having, I can like pick up on opportunities within that. So um, there was an example um, yesterday, there was a customer that I was talking to and was essentially complaining about, you know, some issue that they were having. And then like, my mind meant essentially it automatically goes to like problem solving mode like okay what's the quickest cheapest and easiest way to like solve that problem and then is it scalable and i think just a lot of times after you've done it a number of times you can kind of just like gut check the numbers like okay what's someone you know average per person gonna pay for this what do we think we can run the numbers for you know scalability so um i think uh, over time it's just the gut test but you know at the same token it's extremely beneficial when other people are telling you their problems and multiple of them. You know, the the reason why we started Shibotan is because when we were on Shibikin, um, it was literally annoying how many people would tell us, hey, you should create a Shibikin on water. And it was just like <laughs> over and over and over again. So, you know, Shibikin on water, um, and for you listeners, so Shibikin is a pedal tavern that I built in Sheboygan. Um, and we had changed one of the routes to go by the riverfront. And, you know, when the riders would see the water, they just made the connection like, oh, why don't we have this on the water? Like just put the two together. Um, and then one year later, Shibotan was born and now we have three of them. So, <laughs> you know, Justin, in your own, uh, founder leadership development, you know, you're a product developer by nature and maybe by nature, you're not a strategic person or a visionary person. So what were some of those struggles you had as your businesses grew kind of going from product developer, engineer mindset to being more visionary and more strategic? Yeah. I mean, I still struggle with it. Um, you know, Peggy, uh, who I had mentioned before, she pushes me very very strongly all the time she says that you need to stop working in the business and you need to start working on the business um which is a you know very short kind of uh phrase but it's extremely powerful um and that's really hard for engineers to do because you oftentimes want to make the product perfect um but the value in not making a perfect product is it makes it available for you to make iterations and improvements down the line so you have to like leave yourself opportunity to grow um but i i still struggle with that um that and not thinking big enough um you know i i have a good i think mindset and strategy when it comes to diversifying and coming up with different ideas um but you know getting all of those ideas to you know seven eight figure businesses is you know that that takes a different kind of mindset. Um, and it's, 
it takes patience too, right? It doesn't, I mean, some people are capable of growing them instantly. Um, but when you're trying to run three, four companies at once, at some point, you have to just work on that growth and not just work on the product development side of it. Justin, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I want to give you some time to tell our listeners and viewers how to get a hold of you and then talk about some of the projects you're working on because you know you have all this spare time. Yeah, and all the spare time, there is quite a bit uh, still going on. So um, in terms of reaching out to me, anybody's, you know, you guys can honestly text me if you want to. My phone number is 920-676-3289. Pretty much an open book. So you guys can text me, call me. Uh, Otherwise, if you want to send me an email, my email is justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, at a is an apple, T is in Tom, S is in Sam, N is in Nancy, U is an umbrella, C is in Charlie.com. Um, feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, concerns, disagreements, agreements. I'm happy to uh, chat about <laughs> all of them. Uh, in terms of the things that I'm working on right now, um, I was extremely fortunate to be asked to join the SEEDC board, which is the Sheboygan County Economic Development Center. Um, So I'm on that board along with uh, heading up, I'm the head of the innovation committee. So, you know, we just launched an accelerator program that just wrapped up, which um, has been incredible. The outcomes have been much higher than I anticipated, um, which is great to see. So, you know, continuing to stay involved in the innovation and entrepreneurship um, kind of scene in Sheboygan. Um, Personally, working on um, some commercial real estate stuff, um, we're looking uh, at adding a different addition, uh, like a new branch to the current Gage company, um, getting into some more different services, which no one probably knows about. And then, um, yeah, the goal is to really try to push Shabotin, the Puddle Tavern Boat Company, forward in the future. Um, we have an investor that's been banging on the door to try to like get us to grow, you know, a bit larger than we are. Um, and I think we're about to the position where we're ready to pull that trigger and try to, you know, at least scale it largely throughout Wisconsin, but primarily, you know, larger uh, demographic than that. So yeah, it's always something it never ends. Um, You know, in addition to that, like just kind of make a note, like, you know, I think other entrepreneurs on the show, you know, I, I think it's important too to set goals in different criterias and aspects than just, you know, business and entrepreneurship. Um, So recently I've been really trying to focus on setting goals like, and, you know, like just intellectually, um, you know, becoming more educated and keeping my health up uh, and and exercising more and just kind of like pushing myself to try new things. Cause I think, you know, we've all pushed ourselves to try new things to get to where we are, but that doesn't mean that you can stop now. So keep pushing ahead and uh, challenge yourself to do some new stuff. Awesome, Justin. Justin, thanks again for being on the podcast. Really appreciated your viewpoints, uh, your stories, and just how you help. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So this is the Fractional Executive Podcast. Uh, Again, I'm your host, Ryan Kauth. You can get a hold of me at ryankauth.coach. And again, to have great guests on the show like Justin, please like, follow, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and share the podcast so that we can grow the show, get more great guests on here like Justin, and that then in turn helps you to grow your business. The Fractional Executive Podcast is produced by the great team at Influencer.tv, Mark Livingston, Adam Marino, Brian Allen, and Chris Dreed.